Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with Tim and Jacko. Answering your calisthenics questions, helping you to redefine your impossible. If you want more great content from us, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And we've got a great YouTube channel where you can get in touch with us and ask your questions there. Let's get into these questions now. Welcome back to School of Calisthenics. It is Tim, Seth and Jacko and it is Q&A number 16 and we've got the Seth special. Yeah, so we're going to introduce you guys to Seth. He's a guy we've been working with for a while. I've got a lot of time and respect for. Been a great addition to our team and is picking up some areas of our training and development of our business and the, the products that we're putting, we're going to start to develop and put out there. There's a huge amount of uh, really valuable work on that. So we thought it was time for you guys to get to know him a little bit better. There was actually a Q&A, I think, or a little bit of a, you guys just did something for YouTube. Uh, I we, wasn't invited uh, to. Yeah. That was the quick part question. Oh, the quick part question. I got a bit awkward. Mm-hmm. Well, no, 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 the last question just, no, this is that Jacko asked. Yeah, and that so. was, yeah, no, I've got no, yeah, Seth said it. Should I tell you what it was? <laughs> we just had, before we came live, we talked about how Jacko will interrupt. Can't, three people now, he's got endless opportunities to butt in. The last question was, Tim or Jacko? Seth said Jacko? There was pressure from behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, just a quick bye thing. We said other things like burger or salad, and he said salad, and we knew he means burger. Uh, but, so we yeah. got a few things wrong. Yeah, bad um, choices. I, I, I am gracious enough to forgive you. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> Seth, tell the people a little bit about your training background, how we, we met, where you were, and what your sort of stage you were when you got back from what, from what you were doing before. Um, so, training background in terms of personal training. Um, growing up, my mum was a physio and she had like a Grey's Anatomy book, she had like a um, neurology book for um, um, physiotherapists. And so growing up, I used to read these books and like that was like my first interest in like in the human body and functional anatomy. And as I got older, I then like, you know, did the typical like, PE at school, personal training course, but it was quite interesting. And when I got to like, the personal training course side of things, especially in this country, that I was just looking at like what we were learning. I'm like, this is like the level of this is like yeah. something else. So I was kind of going, where do I stake myself in terms of my learning? Do I look at the fitness industry or do I look more like the sports science physio world from the books I've been reading um, from when I was younger? And that was when like, I met you guys because I was doing personal training, working in the fitness world, but then I met two sports science guys who were working with elite athletes. And that, I think it was just before the Rio Games, before mm. you went out there too. And um, yeah, <laughs> no one knows already. <laughs> you probably got your Paralympic kicks off too. That was to make up for the previous interview. <laughs> Back in my good books. Um, but yeah, I've been working as a personal trainer for a few years um, and I wanted to kind of see what it looked like, delving more into the sport of science kind of things. But doing calisthenics with um, yourselves has been really interesting. Now looking at the trainers course of looking like larger scale in the fitness industry, how can we upskill uh, personal trainers to become really good coaches with a lot more wealth of knowledge. Um, so yeah, normal traditional personal trainer. Um, what about your training? When you're in the gym, what have you been doing? How have you spent your time over the last oh, So a jack of all trades, that's for sure. When I was <laughs> younger, you know, teenage years, you just wanted to get big. You know, where you want to... So the old you gym I used to go to. It's worse. <laughs> <laughs> So literally my training was your classic bodybuilding style, 
Do you um, do splits? Do you do splits? Yeah. Not the splits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, well. <laughs> Monday, International Chess Day. Tuesday, back. Yeah, literally, that was yeah, it. Like that. Yeah, it was that, I think, 17 years old. I was just pushing up the bench press every single week on a Monday. Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday. And how many sit-ups did you sit in your bedroom at night? Probably not as many as you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the start to my training. Um, and then I got shoulder injuries. You know, the classic. It was all like one, like one single plane of movements, and mm. no, no rotated cuff work, no stability work in the shoulder joint. And then it was a case of popping out shoulders and that kind of stuff. And then that, that was how I really got into calisthenics eventually. Because I was like, how do I do this training? How do I look after my body but create stability at the same time? Yeah. Um, so for, for a few years, I'd started doing it myself when I was over in South Africa. And then I was doing like boot camp style fitness uh, training as a business, doing some personal training with using bodyweight exercises. But it was when I met you guys really that I started to take on more of the science behind calisthenics mm. and then how we can apply that into healthy movement. I think that's an interesting thing because we've my route into, into what I do now came through sort of a, a sports performance route from the start. So I've done some PT along the way, but not a huge amount. So Seth brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to business that actually Dave and I have done, Dave did the same thing from being an elite athlete, came in to work with elite athletes pretty much straight away. And we've done again some PT yeah. along the way. But Seth's done way more of that than us. So it actually brings a real depth to what we're trying to develop to start to round off our knowledge base. So having that experience, and there's one thing that I've seen over the years when I'm in gyms and I've spent a lot of time in different gyms across the, uh, over the years, is understanding the knowledge base around that sort of stuff. So trainers, it's not, I'm not gonna to start to sort of be critical, but there's, there's a certain amount of gaps in the courses that PTs and people working in fitness are going through where there's some knowledge around, like Seth referred to, like the functional anatomy, how the body moves, how it works, exercise progression. And that's where I think calisthenics and what we're looking to develop from a trainer's perspective is really exciting, is we're using calisthenics as a vehicle to just to communicate better movement and understanding better movement. Yeah. So I've always sort of looked at things, if, if you understand functional anatomy, you should be able to look at a handstand or a front lever and know what functionally is happening around the joints, what muscles are involved, how that's linking together. And I'm not sure what you think, but I kind of feel that's, that's not a prominent part of fitness. That's a fairly different way of looking at things as opposed to what many PTs would do. Yeah, definitely. I think, first of all, my experience in the personal training world is that the, the, the pro approach massively is a cutter, cookie cutter approach where we just do like a, a quick course and then we can just group everyone into the same thing. So on personal training course, you get very generalized theory mm -hmm. and then you get seven different clients, all completely different. And you kind of just get into the rhythm of just printing out um, the same kind of exercise with different weight ratios using machines in the gym. Um, but then also not even educating the client um, and not even going that, that, that little bit beyond and actually going, even if they haven't asked for it, I'm going to take care of this person's health. And I think calisthenics gives you that because of the nature of it. You can't just take um, 2kg off the side. Yeah. You have to think about leverage. You have to think about stability. You have to start to include how the core works and how that connects the chain. Mm -hmm. And I think just naturally calisthenics is a great way of training that kind of forces the education base. And that's why I think doing the trainers course, um, School of Calisthenics is a great idea for any trainer because it kind of puts you in that space where you have to look along the whole kinetic chain. You have to mm -hmm. look at how the shoulder connects with the core and with the hip. Yeah. Um, the cool thing about that is actually if you want to, that's understanding some of that around bodyweight training and calisthenics, but actually the, the principle is applying a shoulder hip. Yeah. If you want to go yeah, yeah, and press 110 kilos overhead, 
Same principles apply. Yeah. You yeah. just it's a vertical pushing movement, but you're actually understanding stability and strength and postural control whilst moving, which is the safest way to move if you understand how the body's going to link. Yeah. yeah, you might be able to. You might not be able to push that extra. Like you know, you see people can actually squeeze out a bit more weight with poor form. Okay, sometimes if you do things strictly, you have to pull back the weight a little bit, and that's the same with pull-ups. Like yeah. if you do pull-ups, you can probably do more with poor technique. But again, we're just highlighting that, and that's the sort of the, the, the route that we're, we're interested in moving down and starting to share some of our education about how we pull together our thought process. And, it, and again, it's just we've got across the team now, the three of us, and with Lani as well, we've got experience across a lot of different um, facets of sport and exercise science yeah. and performance sport and personal training. So I'm excited yeah. to see where this, yeah, this goes. Yeah, and I think what Seth said about like calisthenics doesn't necessarily isn't everyone's cup of tea, and not everyone necessarily has to do it. I'm not saying you have to do it. But as a as a way to help someone train and understand their body, you as a trainer to do calisthenics effectively for your client, you need to understand how their their body moves. Like you're saying, it's not just one size fits all. You need to understand how the body moves so you can uh, adapt exercises. But then also the client themselves, they're going to learn how they're moving and how they and, yeah. and all those connections trying to make. But it so it becomes educational for you as a trainer to understand how the body and that person literally in front of you, how their body works and they're learning all the same time. And that's why we're really excited about like Seth is one of the things, big projects he's got coming that he's working on for us. And we get a lot of people asking about it is, um, are we doing a trainers course or certification in calisthenics? And we won't go into the details of it now, but just to let you know, that's one of the big projects that Seth is working on for 2018. What I wanted to ask him a little bit about related to that is, He's been heading up the uh, weekly class we do in Nottingham and just sharing some of the sort of, I know I've been there for quite a few of those and there's some some people there have been making some amazing progress and just, if you could just share a little bit about what some of the highlights of that class have been yeah. like for you, because I know it's been an enjoyable thing for you to do. Yeah, like, definitely. The, the community aspect here has been great, but also the consistency of it. We get the same people turning up week after week, kind of just coming along and they're literally dedicating themselves to hit, to, lit, to learning from myself and from Jacko. And um, the, the progress is, has been incredible. Uh, what One guy, for example, three human flag classes, and then he had a human flag. Um, I remember, I'm yeah, literally like, looking at some of these people and I'm going like, it surprises us. Yeah. Like we go to workshops sometimes and like, we spend three hours with, with a group of people and they, some of them do some mm. of these impossible things for the first time. Not everyone, but they, you know, some of that happens. But like seeing some of these, some of these guys and girls like every week, for a few weeks, some of the some of the improvements making is like mind blowing, like for me. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's really incredible. inspiring, though. Isn't yeah, it? it's definitely, it's it. been really good, like for, for for my training, for for, for yours as well. Just like be making sure we we're, we're also practicing what we preach. Yeah. Because the the people that advance the fastest in the classes are the people who listen the most. <laughs> yeah. They don't dither around in other areas of training or start trying to go for like some pseudoscience ideas behind how how to get a human flag. They literally just listen. Yeah. and they just do and they keep it really simple and they progress much much faster I so I think for us as well, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly same I think I would as well um, but definitely I think it's been really cool in that aspect of actually like it's forced us to learn better as coaches as well yeah, yeah, sure. um, like going back like, to the trainers course like for a trainer normally when you've got someone in like a, a chest press in the gym you've got a, a seat they can sit on and you won't necessarily see the dysfunction in the shoulder movement mm. whereas in calisthenics you're going to see it yeah. And so for in the class, it's actually really heightened our ability to coach those movements as well uh, because we can see it straight away. So then we're looking at actually what's happening, why is that dis dysfunction yeah. um, um, happening, and then we're able to problem solve there and then. And yeah, the, the, the progress has been 
incredibly fast. Yeah, there's been a huge fast. range of um, abilities at the class. So we're yeah. seeing like all sorts of different people, male, female, yeah. tall, thin, large, like all sorts of shapes yeah. and sizes, and everyone with different um, training backgrounds. So we're, we're seeing that variation and how when we're trying to coach certain moves, how we need to change things and adapt things as we go along. Yeah, definitely. I want to give a quick um, shout out to Chris because Chris is a guy that came along and was like, so many people, the typical person says, oh, I'll never be able to do that. Yeah. That's, that's going to stay in the possible box for me. I've got to change so many things until I can do a human flag. He's the guy after three classes that got human flag. Last week, he also got the bat lever and it's just incredible. He's the guy that's actually gone, you know what, I'm just going to listen and keep it really simple. Yeah. So for the people out there that are just like, you're seeing the videos that we're putting out, you're seeing those class videos, you're just like, oh, I'll never be able to do that. I'll, I'll get strong first or I'll lose some weight first. Yeah. But honestly, you don't need to. Just, just come along, enjoy it, and you're going to learn. Yeah. Let's switch gears a little bit. We've delved into some of the real deeps around work and professional stuff. Now, I want to just go a little bit slightly more lighthearted. So, now, you are a man who knows his way around nutrition and, and training, but what I want you to do is, because I'm going to expose some of your weaknesses, because we all do this, yeah. tell the people about your bedtime snack. My bedtime snack. <laughs> Oh, I don't think I know about the bedtime. Also, tell them about how many calories is in it. So Seth told me he literally can't go to bed unless. Whatever. Well, so, so, like so I literally, I struggle. <laughs> <laughs> so literally, yeah. Okay, cool. So it's oat cakes with marmite and cheddar cheese. It's specifically, that Cathedral is. City, extra mature. Like if it's like from the middle, and it has to be Cathedral City. Six oat cakes with a hundred grams of cheese, and it's, every night, and it's uh, eight hundred calories every night. Every night, I can't sleep without it. Cheese I makes your dream funny, I doesn't it? Yeah. I Maybe I don't know. Do you ever find yourself sometimes <laughs> going to the gym to train so that you know that then you can eat cheese and <laughs> Yeah, so, okay, <laughs> every day. So, we need to have this conversation. So, <laughs> so basically, I, 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 offset, <laughs> so I, I offset my calories early in the day. So, when I wake up in the morning, one of the first things I'll do is so actually put in. Okay. <laughs> I'll literally put into my calorie counter. The oat cakes and the cheese that I know I'm gonna have at night time, oh, and right. then, I, it, then I adjust my eating in the daytime so I can have that at night because I know I just won't be able to sleep. There you go. Yeah. Crikey. So we're all. Would you ever delve outside the cathedral city? I've tried it. I've gone to <laughs> Aldi and Lidl was extra mature, but yeah. it's not. There's this extra special one, like the Welsh one. That's a nice. The, that one, so that one's got. But that's punchy. But it is punchy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But too it's much. Still, it's still not quite cathedral city. You get better value. I think they just did a massive block for like 50% off or something. Big mistake I made recently it. though oh. is I got my oat cakes from Lidl instead of LD. Oh. Yes, and there's only five different. in the packet and they taste different and as the, well. They're, they're, thick, they're like they're a thicker, different shape. They're thicker, they taste yeah. completely different. Yeah. Have <laughs> yeah. so, so, you ever eaten oat cake? Yeah, no, I do. Yeah. Yeah. What? Once you get into it, I guarantee you, both of you two, once you get into it, you won't be able to do that. I'm not that bothered about, like, I like cheese, but I'm not that. Bothered about eating cheese. Like if you said Jacko, give what, up cheese two thousand eighteen, I could Jacko it. one word halloumi. Right. Yeah, I love that. And the joke. But <laughs> what did the cheese say to itself? What um but I could do it's one of those things like if you said don't drink coffee for next year, I'd be like mm. okay. if you said don't challenge me to not eat cheese, I'd be like, oh, Second follow up question is this. Carry canteen, why? Um you mean because I neither want to uh I neither want to end up obese, yeah. and I don't want to be having way too little. If you so so for me, it's literally you... just for uh, just for making sure I'm eating enough and not eating too every much. Every day? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say every day, no. I'd probably say three three days a week at best. If you're making a salad, you're putting like three tomorrows, half two Oh, no, no, no. Okay. So that things like vegetables, I'll just leave it out. Fiber. But, um, 
But yeah, if I'm going for like bigger meals, I just thought, oh, more, more like uh, for interesting. Okay. Now, I've got to work with that guy. His, his abs are just kind of... <laughs> just when, give up. When we did the Yorkshire... Just find a tortoise and eat it. When we did the Yorkshire three peaks a few months ago, did you carry a camera there? So we did the Yorkshire three peaks. It was fueled by... 95% jelly beans. <laughs> 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 it was literally all day long. Yeah. Right, Jack, I've got one very good question that would be perfect for uh, for Seth from Facebook, uh, and it was a question about cardio and bodyweight training. Um, John says he spends um, an hour and a half at the gym, forty minutes um, doing cardio, and that includes his rest, um, and he does fifty minutes of either chest, back, or shoulders bodyweight workout. So it sounds like he's like separating his bodyweight workout into those three types of. Um, sessions, but his question is about um, more around when to do the cardio and, and should he separate it. So, should I separate the cardio work from um, his bodyweight training, or does it not matter? Does it not matter at all? So, I, I'd say f first, if, you, if you're doing them together, like if you're definitely going to do them together, do put the cardio after um, your strength training. Um, it's just easier like that. You don't want to do a long run and then just be absolutely exhausted before you get get trained, especially if you're doing bodyweight exercises as well. Um, like we were saying, like if you've got dysfunction or if you're tired, you're going to see it. So you're going to break in the core when you're doing brain exercises and so on. And so Would you still do that if, even if the core, if the bodyweight stuff was a conditioning focus? So if it was like a bodyweight exercise of circuits, would you still want to do like a run before or after? How would you kind of mix that up? Um, I'd probably still put the cardio afterwards. I agree. Yeah, just because I, I want to keep that session nice and clean. I don't want to get into like doing bodyweight squats or push-ups with my elbows flaring, yeah. knees sucking in. Because once you create those patterns, getting rid of them again yeah. is, uh, is an absolute nightmare. I've, I've so, done that before. I've done like sessions where I've done cardio bits before they go and do a strength session. I just feel awful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'd rather really just go do my strength stuff and then just go and gas what yeah. I've got yeah. out or something. I've never done, done like, when we used to, even like in a, back doing rugby times, like hard pre-season, would, we'd never do the two sessions like together. If we were going to do cardio, like fitness stuff mm. and yeah. lifting, in the same day, one would be in the in morning, morning, one would be in the afternoon. Not everyone can necessarily do that, but yeah, 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 if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you haven't got time to separate them completely, you're gonna do them together. Do you heavy yeah, strength yeah. work for? I feel like yeah. the research. I think I'd have to go and check it, but off the top of my head, I think it suggests about five hours in between sessions. If you're gonna lift, and then you're gonna go and follow some cardio stuff afterwards. I think it's about five hours for optimal. Kind of opportunity yeah. that doesn't apply to a lot of people unless you're really athlete. Yeah. Cool. 99% yeah. of you are just trying to fit your training yeah, in around your busy life. I'm like that. I'm yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. My cardio consists of sometimes going out and doing park run yeah. or maybe one sort of one run a week ish. Yeah. Or if yeah. I do yoga, yoga counts as cardio to me. I get out of <laughs> doing that. <laughs> so in terms of that, if it's in the same session, we're suggesting doing it afterwards. How do you feel about whether it, whether doing those two things, how they complement each other, and where the potential where they're going to lead? I think. Uh, like that you guys are saying is ideally do separate them but I think the best thing for you to do is to um, ask questions about why you're wanting to do cardio and why you want to do your, your strength yeah. work or your bodyweight exercises are you trying to is it because you're going for aesthetic or is it building muscle and losing body fat um, or are you just because doing cardio because you enjoy it because if you enjoy it great carry on enjoying your cardio and then do your bodyweight exercises as well separately um, if you're going for a weight loss you don't necessarily need to be doing cardio for that weight loss. Maybe it's looking at your diet. Maybe it's um, looking at going um, for walks more often and actually relaxing more. Um, this, those simple things, rather than trying to force bodyweight exercises, then cardio, and being like doing long one hour, 30 sessions, 
hoping that it's going to get you body fat loss. Yeah. When actually, it's a lot simpler than that. You can actually enjoy um, dropping that body fat. Do your training sessions um, in a slight calorie deficit, eat healthy whole foods and enjoy life and rest. Yeah. Like those things are really important because that brings the consistency. Um, so I'd really recommend yeah. looking at your goals again and then working from there. Yeah, I think that, and that's, that's probably the biggest take-home message for me out of what Seth said there is about like understanding your goals and what you, what's it for. So it's a good question about like when to do cardio, but the bigger question around it, that not just for you, but also everyone else is like, what are you actually trying to yeah. achieve? Yeah. What are you training for? And then make your training specific to that because you get what you're training for. Yeah. So yeah. everyone yeah. can take something out of that. People will find yeah. this is not specific and you direct to you, but if you like, you're, Jacko's story is a great example. We talk about this about quite a lot. When he finished playing rugby, he was in the mirror doing bicep curls, and all of a sudden it just ticks in your mind of, what am I doing this for? And it might be the same thing as if you're in the, uh, if you're on a treadmill and you're 40 minutes into a run, there might just come a point where I don't actually know why I'm doing this. Yeah. And if you're training for something, and like yours was a game at the weekend, then that's ideal. Mm-hmm. But, so if you've got an event that you're working towards and having a deadline and that sort of stuff works really well to, to, to focus your attention if you're training. But ultimately, I think it's always important to know what you want because I, yeah. up until I got into calisthenics, I got I'm like I was effectively a strength and conditioning coach. I was like a kid in a sweet shop. I go to the gym. And I've got all this stuff that I can do. So what I ended up doing was not committing to any of it. I do. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a bit of this training, a bit of strength yeah. endurance. So now I'm doing power training, and I just jumped around because I got bored because I didn't have something that I was achieving or, or working towards. So having that, that, that lay down, setting a marker goes, that's what I want, structure training around that because the whole thing around that is actually in life, we want to achieve stuff. Yeah, yeah. So if you set yourself a goal, you get the satisfaction of achieving it, you're moving in a direction which is structured and then off that goal, you then start to move yeah. forward and plan your next one. So you're always constantly looking at where am I taking my, 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 my own journey. And if that deviates into different sports and different disciplines, then that's cool. Do what makes you happy, do what you enjoy, but just have a purpose to it, I think. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Um, if you've got any other questions for future Q&As that you want to ask about anything to do with training, whether it's for any of us, just comment in below. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you click subscribe if you're on YouTube, or if you leave us a review, if you're listening on iTunes, that'd also be awesome. And we thank you for listening to this week's Q&A. You get to do it. With today. special guest, Seth. So you until next week, class dismissed. <laughs> to this week's podcast if you've enjoyed it guys we'd really appreciate a five star review on itunes and if you want to put a one star one on that's also fine but we'll just delete it (laughs) until next time class dismissed